what Scott Frost meant to say was the 21 pukes at practice were actually 15 of Scott Frost. (laughs) (laughs) The Flyover State Sports Show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? And welcome back to the Flyover State Sports Show. Back in living color yet again. The trio is back and we're ready to attack the day that is sports news. I'm your host, Sam Long, and I am joined with my good friends, Caleb the Bean Jubal and Gavin the Turd Ferguson Alexander. Gentlemen, we had our first official week of full frontal football. We had a Thursday night game. We had some Friday night games, some Saturday night games, some <laughs> Sunday night games, and some Monday night games. Nothing yesterday and today, but we do it all over again tomorrow. Gentlemen, best time of the year. What say you? This is my you, favorite time of year. You know that feeling when you know you have no assignment to do like during school, but you like are still thinking late at night that you have something to do. That's what Tuesday night felt like. Like something is going on and I'm missing it. I don't know what is supposed to be going on. I'm supposed to be doing something. I like laid in bed just thinking like what football game am I missing? But it just we're rounding into form. It's okay. It's here. I'm just glad we're here to talk about well, it. Which yeah, night does the Mac normally play? Do they normally play on Tuesdays or when? Don't they usually have like a Tuesday or a Wednesday game at some times? I thought or it was it Thursday. Mac, I thought it was Mac Tuesdays. Uh, Dude, yeah, bro, Mac Tuesday is going to be back in town. So I think that's going to be Wednesday. Feelings on the Mac. It'll be waiver <laughs> wire Wednesday, and that's it. Wednesday is a fa- day for the boys and fantasy football. But oh, gentlemen, we have to break the saddest news of the weekend. Millions of hearts broke as the death of a career happened. Scott Frost, the saddest death in all of the world this week, fired after Georgia Southern defeated his Cornhuskers. Was it like 38 to 30? I don't even know what it was. Doesn't matter. 40, Scott I thought Frost it was 42 to 39, something like that. I, I can't even remember. But Nebraska is not back. In fact, Nebraska's in the dumpster, in the shitter, in the mud, whatever you want to call it, and Scott Frost is no longer their coach. Gentlemen, first casualty of the season, Scott Frost, done in by Clay Helton, last year's first casualty of the season. So, what do you think? If they would, if Nebraska would have, I think, what was it? If Nebraska would have waited until October, they would have saved, like, what was it like? It was eight seven million and dollars. a half million. Seven and a half million. They had so, to wait like a month and a half at, yeah. at most. So it was like think, October first. Think of that. An alumni came up and said, "Screw it, I'm paying this bill. Get them out of here." It was that bad. I've just not seen 
a program with the respect of Nebraska and like how hard it is to like be that bad at Nebraska when you have a coach that has a undefeated season on his fucking resume. <laughs> and a national championship. Nothing. Uh, a national championship. Yes. Nah, nothing. You makes want sense. a natty. You want a fake natty as a player. That was the. Uh, that was the fun thing that people were saying. I'm. I'm confused. I'm befuddled. And good for Nebraska to make the right move. I think. Do you uh, think I'm excited. I. I he, am so excited by this because uh, fuck Nebraska. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, they're Do down think, bad right um, now. Every team that left. The Big 12, sure, they've had some flashes in the pan. I mean, Colorado made a Pac-12 championship game. Nebraska made one or two. Missouri made two SEC-style games. Uh, and m had no fucking anything. So congrats on your pandemic, COVID-shortened season ass, like top four finish or whatever the fuck. Um, but yeah, Nebraska pretty much moved conferences. Did okay when Bo Pelini and their Big 12 recruits were there and then lost all shreds of identity and blend, blended into uh, the Big 10 as just another school. They might as well just be Minnesota at this point. So, uh, fuck Nebraska. Congratulations on sucking a whole lot of ass. Does Scott Wait. Frost get a job after this? Yeah. As an offensive coordinator, yeah. You think, you think so? Is, his track record is too good. I mean, yeah. I heard he, rumor. I heard rumor mill, OC and the NFL. What if that would be a NFL? That would be insane. Like, I mean, that'd be a, that would be a Cliff split. Kingsbury. What's Cliff that? Kingsbury actually did get hired as an NFL head coach after getting fired by a co- being a college yeah. coach. See, so it's possible. A college coach at that. I think what him and Lance Leipold should just flip. Oh, don't don't wish that evil on our enemies. I was going to say he could probably recruit better in Kansas than he could in Nebraska. I don't don't believe that because he's from (laughs) Nebraska. I I think Sam wrapped it up perfectly with saying just the complete and utter loss of identity. And that's what Nebraska football is right now. It just sucks because when he first came, like you said, like he came to Nebraska, he seemed so happy, so thrilled, energetic. And then like you could just see it drained out of his soul. So what I will say is there's a bunch of reporters talking around now that he was kind of just living too much, not super prepared. Yeah, I've seen people talk about that. And one, I I mean, there's a couple of takeaways from that one. It might have just been that he wasn't built for tough to, uh, you know, Living coach his alma mater. I mean, if if I went and coached to K-State, I would probably end up at the Ville too much, and that would probably be a bit of a problem, right? Yeah. I know it too well. So maybe maybe suffering from that, too much nostalgia and everything. Um, but the other thing is, is if <laughs> – if everyone knew if everyone knew that this was happening and they just let it happen for four years and change and were like, oh buddy, like he'll turn it around. I don't know why they did that. That is just program malpractice by somebody who was keeping around. It was either the AD or the boosters. And one of them, one of those two factions just being fucking stupid 
Well, look, we all know it's easy now that you bring that up to see what happened here. We get a man in from Florida who comes to the Midwest, sees what living in the Midwest is like, and just becomes a heavy alcoholic and then can no longer Yeah, but he went to college at Nebraska. He already knows what it's like to live in the Midwest. Yeah, but he got that taste of hope in the not Midwest and then came back and was like, he was also also like 20 when he was here. So, like, his liver was different back then. Right. Good point. But I will say, to, to cap it off, it would make sense if your coach is, you know, not punctual to practice and a drunk at the bar. It would make sense why you have such a bad record in close games because you're just not that you're not prepared enough to win one score games and their record in one score games was just pathetic what scott frost meant to say was the 21 pukes at practice were actually 15 of scott frost (laughs) (laughs) all right from one program who's fallen from grace to another texas is officially back and they did it by losing this time uh they played alabama to a one-point game where honestly they probably could have won the game Uh, A lot of questionable calls that I didn't see because I was sitting out in the rain during the K-State game. But I saw them on Twitter. I watched some videos. And, oh, boy, Big 12 refs, it's your time. You're back, baby. Is Texas back or is Alabama just overrated? The Big 12 12 refs are in midseason form right now. They're they're shooting 100% right now. Good for them. is Good anyone else here for the conspiracy that uh, Brett Yomark just ringed up the officials and was like, hey, yo, uh, fuck these guys. Let's make them lose. Uh, I don't I, know if that I don't know if I'm about that, but really, yeah, my, I, I'm about it. I'm Texas, all about it. Texas is back in the sense that, like, I'm now afraid to play them again because yes. I haven't been for the past couple of years. No fear. Quinn Ewers is out for the rest of the year. I mean, they're just going to put some other five-star five star well, general booty in there. Gar, who couldn't even beat out okay. Casey Thompson last year. Who starts at Nebraska. I mean, who fucking Do you suck. think there's two ways that this route could go? Like what kind of Gavin is saying, is Texas back? You know, it's a confidence booster. They lost to a really good Alabama team by only, what was it, one? By now, one point. 20 to 19. Yeah, and so – so, Either their confidence is up or their confidence is already shot way down because of how that game ended. Like, there's really two routes that you could go here, and I, I don't know. I, you're without Quinn Ewers. I don't know. I feel like even though you're Texas and the stigma around Texas, you were like a multiple-score dog in that game. Yeah. Nobody expected you to stay in there. We expected to be able – the national media effectively set Texas up to be able to just, like, laugh at them afterwards after they got piss-pounded, and they didn't. Like, I'm not sure when Quinn Ewers even got hurt. Um, so like the second quarter, I think. Okay, yeah, it was really – played a lot of the game without yeah. him. But I guess in terms of Texas being a respectable program, playing to, like, the te- uh, level that their talent says they should, I mean, they did that. We're going to talk later on the show about uh, KU and how, like, they're building something that's concerning us. I'm not sure why we wouldn't apply the same principle to Texas. They have a higher – like, that just – where they start building from is higher because they're fucking Texas. You, now, when I came, when I was watching the game, I was like, okay, if Alabama just blows the smoke out of Texas, I was like, 
Arch Manning's not going to this school. And then like, so, like stuff like that, just hanging in with Alabama really does change the recruiting scene down the road. So some, even something as little as that hanging with Alabama does change their recruiting platform. Yeah. Um, I'm I mean, going to te- go with, Al- go ahead. I was going to say Texas's recruiting platform is already just obnoxiously high to begin with. I think that matters more from a school like, cause when you're punching it like the top end kids, honestly, what matters more is NIL money than anything else uh, mm-hmm. in terms of recruiting. When you're talking about like a K-State or a mid to low tier program, like you're you're going from not being able to get four stars consistently to like punching around, punching around with the five stars when you start winning games consistently like that and building a program. Yeah. K-State right now is like feeling pretty good when they get that three star that another big school just really didn't pursue as hard as we did. <laughs> I uh I think we need to start talking about how Bam is not good. <laughs> oh, do you are you wanting to go that way out? Oh, I, wow. I do want to go that way because I don't think Bryce Young is that good. <laughs> he didn't I mean dog, come yeah. on man. It's the same thing as Tua. The, like Tua uh, had he, a bunch of weapons. I mean he he resembles not like exactly like Lamar. Like you take his legs out of the situation not a lot he could do. Like uh, he's, I'm just here to tell you right now, Bama could only score 20 points in Texas. They're in trouble. Like against a Big 12 defense. <laughs> no, just like in the and I get it. Steve Sarkeesian's like an ex assistant to Nick Saban and an offensive coordinator. And Nick Sark No, Steve Sarkeesian is like a good coach. He's been hired by USC before. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like he has the talent. And all that good stuff. I, I just don't think Bama's that good. Like, yeah, they're good. Like, obviously. My but my like, counterpoint to that is how many college football teams does K-State have to play? Do we have to watch? Do we have to, like, look around the country at before we determine that nobody in college football is good right now? Notre Dame just got their ass beat, and they almost good. beat Ohio State last week. Bro, right. Notre Dame's never good. They almost beat Ohio State last week, who's the second no, best team in the they country. Lost by like so who's good? Scores. <clears throat> because they scored three. It was a close game. Yeah, and Ohio quarter. State's number one wide receiver like went out in the first quarter or something like that. Okay. After you lost like two of the best wide receivers in the country. Okay. Dude, I'm just, just saying. Nobody like, yeah. in college football is good right Bama's now. Bama's defense is good. Like Bama's defense yeah. is good. I'm not going to discredit They're that. lacking the wide receiver core they did in years past. That's absolutely Yeah, fair. and that's the problem. I'm telling you right now, Bama could lose to some SEC school for having a good day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Bama – I mean, Bama lost to A&M last year. Yeah. Like, Bama practically lost to Auburn last – I mean, like, how many times do we need to see Bama almost lose to teams before they just – accidentally lose like a couple of games here and I, there i will say though like that concept doesn't really apply when you have probably no, the okay. best coaches yeah, in- yeah but i understand that like i totally i get what you're saying but like would it surprise you if tennessee like gets them at home and wins it wouldn't surprise me right now does that matter it does if tennessee i mean it does if they lose another one well, okay, but that's the point. Is that it'd be I mean, really you, crazy you to see them Georgia lose once. Imagine twice. You still got, dude. You still got to play Georgia at the end of the year. 
Georgia doesn't look like this. They lost a step. I know that Oregon's yeah. not super good. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's true. Georgia pretty much won the game in the first half and like mailed it in for the second half. Like that team's still fucking awesome. Bama's not. Yeah, I I agree that Bama isn't a tier above everyone else like we thought that they were. We absolutely le- have learned that at this. No, point. dude, last year you could tell that Bama was way better than everyone, and Georgia was. And George, you could tell Georgia was better than Bama, and Bama was way better than everyone else. And then like weird stuff will happen in football, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, like receivers get hurt. Yeah, I mean, like, but still, dude, like, Bama ain't it like this year. Like they could still win a Natty. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They don't win a natty. Like Bama's still good. They're not a level above. Yeah, they're not. They're, it won't be the best Bama team to. By the way, win speaking it. of uh, Notre Dame's zero and two ass, I hope. Uh, I hope a certain running back is enjoying his uh, commitment to an zero and two team that lost to a uh, Sun Belt team. We I we could spend have, another thirty minutes on that one. Yeah, yeah I could. So Instead, cool. I'll leave us with uh, props to AM for losing to App State at home. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Go Boone. And um, I, we need to move to the NFL now. And I believe Yeah, I'm going to move us are... on to a, another running back as Lamar Jackson oh, is quote stop. done with the contract negotiations. Yeah, just drop the hammer. I don't think anybody including Baltimore believes him because they haven't believed him a single step along the way in this process. They said, "You know what? We'll just draft Bajin Robinson and have him play quarterback." Because it's just that simple. Now, in all I seriousness, um, Tony. in all seriousness, oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> That's, uh, what does this mean for Baltimore? Is, ba- is Baltimore just calling the bluff, saying that this is our price, we're sticking to it, and if you can't do it, we'll set up a scheme around another quarterback? Is that what what this is, really? I think they're trying to scare them. You know what I mean? Like, here's your contract. Take it or leave it. Once I don't think it's season. scaring. I just think it's Baltimore doing good business. We ranked them at the yeah. top of the tier, and they – I mean, I believe Baltimore before I believe Lamar Jackson is a quarterback worth a resetting the market contract. For real. Like, that's really what it comes down to. We're going to talk – I mean, honestly, ahead. to me, zero. It is a nothing burger because every report over the summer – was that Lamar Jackson, once the season started, was going to be done negotiating his extension because he wanted to focus on the games. And the season has started, and now we're done with the negotiations for a contract extension. Okay, but if that was actually done and Lamar had any leverage, you don't think he would be leaking out two weeks into the season? Yeah, no, I'm still done. No, because Lamar has never, like, publicly tried to get a contract i mean there was no reports about lamar trying to do anything lamar doesn't give a fuck there was the report that he turned down the however much guaranteed and big contract that was offered from baltimore yeah i I understand that he turned it down because he's betting on himself obviously but lamar being done in retrospect isn't it's not like him saying oh i'm leaving it's merely he's going to play this year and they'll pick Tox back up when the season's over. I, I go so, ahead, sorry. I think they like what Sam said. I agree with that whole like, yeah, we're gonna pick pick stuff up towards the end of the season. I don't 
think his playing ability this year will change Baltimore's mind. Like you I look agree. at the game, you look at the game schedule ahead. I mean, they got Dolphins this week, which would be kind of a funny scenario if Baltimore got Tua after the Dolphins don't re-sign Tua and then Ravens don't sign Lamar and then Lamar goes to the Dolphins. Like that'd be crazy. <laughs> I actually. That that's a big statement game, low key. Yeah, the, it is. It, it the, really the is. Dolph- yeah. The, the Dolphins made Lamar look like a fucking idiot mm-hmm. last time I know. they played. It, it's very no, true. That, that's how I found out who Javon Holland was. Mm-hmm. Dog, yeah. he was he was on Lamar's ass that entire game last. He year. literally and yeah. the the road ahead isn't even. He, I mean, they have the Peach pa- Patriots the week after that, which that's dog water. No, uh, who knows. Who knows what's going on? It's too early to read anything in the NFL. But then the week after that, you have Josh Allen and the Bills. Like, I, I just see the breadcrumbs of like, it. It appears that Baltimore and Lamar are not as close as a quarterback that is viewed the way Lamar is should be. I and that's like the bottom line. No, I understand that. I I think something eventually gets done though. Because, like, like, think Dak, and we're going to make fun of Dak later, actually, probably right now. And, like, I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think anybody thought that the Cowboys should have paid Dak. And then he, like, got paid, and look where we're at now. I think that Baltimore is looking at that being like, nah, we'll just get another rookie contract quarterback and figure it out because we're Baltimore. So, Sam, you have the floor. Let's make fun of these Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> um, Really just an Awful performance all the way around by pretty much both teams, in Everyone. my opinion. Except that, Leonard that, game was, good. that game was bad. I mean, Brady did his typical braiding thing. And, like, really the only people who had good games were the Bucks offensive line actually had a really good game, uh, both in pass pro and run blocking. Yeah, um, but that obviously, like, Use the run blocking very well. Leonard for that uh, really Julio Jones for God's sakes. Uh, Julio Jones looked fucking awesome, resurrected yeah. from the dead, dude. For real, yes. like he, Brady put him on the TB12 method or something, or yeah, whatever it was. So, I mean, like, shout out, sorry, shout out to Leonard Fournette for smoke screening us the way he did this offseason. Like, that's no. the only that's that's the only <laughs> note I had. That's the media. <laughs> But, yeah, that was the media reporting that dude was overweight like three months before the season started. Like it was funny, and like it was funny to make Eddie Lacy jokes, but like he was gonna come in like at, at weight, at, like at average, yeah, yeah. Like, but no, Bucks offense looked good-ish. I mean, they they didn't protect Brady as good as they needed to. A lot of that is because Michael I Parsons think- is really fucking good and demarcus Lawrence is also really fucking good i think half um, of their they didn't quite get the end zone as much as yeah. you'd want but it was it was a good showing by that unit and obviously the bucks defense was pretty good but the cowboys just did not look very good right. on offense i think that's the big takeaway is even when dak was in the game they looked bad outside of outside of ezekiel running the ball ezekiel actually looked good running the ball mm-hmm. and they just decided fuck this guy which is kind of hilarious because the last couple of years have been like, wow, this guy's not running very well. Let's keep giving him the ball. We, so, we, we're, we can talk about this topic uh, more during the Chiefs game, but it gets increasingly obvious to tell when, like, when a coach is just not at an NFL level 
And then when like when a coach isn't at a NFL level or like what you'd like your coach to be at. And then on top of that, you have an overrated quarterback and you have no weapons to throw to. And your top weapon, you've like convinced yourself is a number one just because he's there by default, not because he actually is a number one receiver. Like you get CeeDee Lamb catching 20 percent of the passes thrown his way. It, it's so bad all the way around. What are you going to say, Sam? C.D. Lamb, I I hate to say this, but, I mean, for God's sakes, we've been talking about him being – and, oh, my God, this is an overreaction, right? Like, this is it, – it's one game out of 17, and he might make us look like a bunch of fucking dumbasses by the end of the year, for all I know. And maybe, like, maybe he's just good enough to carry Cooper Rush, but – he just feels like a 1B to a 2, if that makes sense. Two. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between 1A and 1B. Like, yeah. T. Higgins is also, like, a 1B. If right. T. Higgins is, like, your number one receiver, like, he's You're going to be fine. fine. And CeeDee Lamb is fine. But if they're, like, the number two receiver, it's like having two number ones out there. But he's not – but, like, neither one of those dudes are, like – Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, like they're they're not Tyreek, like they're one B's, they're like A's in the tier list, if not B's, honestly. But it's like CD Lamb getting the best coverage corner is not ideal at this point, especially right. when the next best wide receiver on the team is like Noah Brown at this point. Like Gallup right. coming back will probably help a lot. But you're also having to rely off of a guy coming off an ACL injury to contribute right away at a high level. Yeah. Looking at this from like a uh, franchise point of view, obviously we made fun of the Amari Cooper trade. Even if you want to sit here and tell me that Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are both number twos, just by nature of math, a number two corner has to go to one of those guys. And he's probably not anyways, because you're getting the other one into the slot, getting him on mismatches, whatever. Mm -hmm. But like that always just meant one corner was being occupied by somebody. Most of the time, Amari Cooper, just by alignment. That's just gone now. Now the defenses mm -hmm. can just key in on CD Lamb. And the other part about that that makes you know he's a number two is it doesn't matter when a number one receiver is keyed in on by a defense. It just works. It They get open. They find a way. And CeeDee Lamb hasn't shown us that yet in the NFL. Maybe he does later on, and Sam was hinting at that, but this is year three, and we aren't we haven't seen it, even when Amari Cooper's been hurt. Yeah, man, like and beans, I mean, you coached, right? So you probably you know this better than anyone. Like when you're talking about like ones and twos and one A's and one B's, like we're talking minute differences, right? Yes. Like we're talking like two overall like one and two overall madden right like like it's very dip but like there's levels to it right like jamar chase is like here and cd lamb is like right here in terms of talent but like jamar chase is just a little bit better and that's what makes jamar chase like a one you know what i mean mm -hmm. and like it's just like the body type and the profile and everything too like a lot goes into it but, like, even, like, and I know, like, he didn't have the greatest game and whatever, and you might even disagree with this, but, like, D.K. Metcalf is, like, a one receiver, you know what I mean? Like, D.K. Metcalf going to go up there, get 
get it if you need it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, he produced 1,000-yard seasons with Russell Wilson as his quarterback. So, <laughs> um, like, yeah, but, like, it th- – there's just levels of stuff, right? It's it's very minute. It, it's, it's not like college where, like, the pro dude is here and, like, the fucking insurance salesman who just starts, like, right here. Like, that's not – I, I don't want to bury the lead here too, Sam. Um, we have now not seen Dak Prescott without at any point uh, multiple, like let's just call it one of the best supporting casts in the NFL with Amari Cooper, yep. CD Lamb, whatever, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, because people think he's good, and the running back core, best offensive line. Now we haven't, and he looked like shit, like just yeah. straight up dog shit. And he looked like shit when Amari Cooper wasn't there in year two or three. I think it was two. I can't remember. Yeah. Yep. Um, it would have been nice to see what he looked like um, during the rest of this year. And there, we're not going there we to. go. There we go. Um, so that, that, that a couple of different like things it goes back to like the really minute differences in football, right? That struggled without a lot of weapons. And he didn't look very good, but you go back two years and Andy Dalton had pretty much the same supporting cast and they also sucked. So like Dak is definitely like a starter. He's definitely better than Andy Dalton, but it's, he, you can tell he's not like, he's not a carrier if that makes sense. It feels like he's just like a couple years, not the same play style, but in that like bucket of like Carson Wentz level quarterbacks to where like they're probably perfectly fine to like be a franchise quarterback, but they're never going to carry you. They're never going to like do whatever just in terms of like ability. And like if you ranked the ranked them as probably where he belongs, that Carson Wentz, Jameis Winston, perfectly fine, but you don't want him per se. He always reminded me every time I watched him, and I know he set that record rookie year. He had that awesome pass rating, everything. He reminded me of Chiefs Alex Smith, where like he was just efficient. He could move, and if you put a bunch of stuff around him, he was gonna look great. And honest to God, like I, for me, he's like in B tier, right? Like Carson Wentz and those dudes are on, in C tier. Dak is just more consistent. Dak doesn't like Carson Wentz will like do shit to where it's like he will just lose you the fucking game because he does some fucking bullshit. Dak usually doesn't do that. Dak's more in line with like Kirk Cousins, if that makes sense. Like they're fine. Like Let, they're yeah. doable. We but. we've never seen Carson Wentz with or I we've seen Carson Wentz with the worst supporting cast just earlier in his career. And I feel like that's the difference. No, yeah, and dude, like, I'm, I am here to, like, support Carson Wentz. Everyone, everyone who knows me knows I've always thought Carson was, like, good enough, right? And he gets a bad rap because, like, Carson has that really weird personality, and he got all butthurt about Nick Foles. I mean, like, I don't blame him. He was young and whatever. And, like, all sorts of stuff, and then, like, Indy kind of just traded away, and Blah, blah, blah. I, I mean, like, he's probably got the best supporting cast now than he's ever had in Washington. Right. Yes. Yeah. But but we need to move on. We have bobbled too much. We've given an irrelevant team that hasn't won anything since the 90s entirely too much attention for playing in our head. games. 
Tampa's actually really good. I really want to watch them against a really good team because they looked really good. So let's do a quick recap. That was an awful snap. Nope. Beautiful. There we ask go. Dak, ask Dak to do that. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, super hot take. I'm not going to give a hot take later, but super quickie. Cooper Rush is actually going to like win those some games. I think Cooper Rush is actually like a nice backup quarterback. He is like Kyle Allen a couple of years ago, where he's gonna win like he's gonna win some games. And be like, oh my go. god, Cooper Rush is good, and then it'll just you, you saved yourself you, there. You brought me back with the yeah. Kyle Allen comp Ooh, there. That was, good. That was yeah, good. no, that's what it is. Like I don't think he's gonna be Kurt Warner or anything, but I think it'll be something to where like we've seen him win a game in the NFL before as a starter, and he played pretty well. And I think he's going to play pretty decently, and then the wheels will eventually fall off because it's the NFL, and that's what happens. Yeah. Which I think will save us from the reality of, could you imagine if the Cowboys were so bad, they were able to draft Will Anderson and pair him with Micah Parsons. Oh. Put that in your noggin. We'll talk about that another time off air. But, gentlemen, there we go. I need one thing you enjoyed from this last week, just super quick. Give us your rundown, and there we go. Like 30 seconds or so. Boom. So we learned week one that uh, Trey Lance does actually suck. No, uh, just (laughs) kidding. He's um, just not very good. He doesn't suck. He's uh, inaccurate. It's a rainstorm. Probably shouldn't take too much away. At the same time, it's a running team. It's a run first team. You should absolutely be panicked if you're San Fran. We've seen all of the teams we expected to suck week one just come out and not suck as bad as we thought they would. There's Classic parody in the NFL, one. folks. It's a beautiful thing. Beans. It really is. Dude, Makes okay. Fucked a bet, too. Before I get into my quick here, uh, that field was shit before? Oh, my God. Dude, that, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that poor field has been through the ringer. Literally, dude, I can't uh, wait for them to move to Arlington Heights and get a dome stadium. Dude, there. it's it's God, we can now. have a Super Bowl in Chicago, be fun as hell. Beans, what do you the got? Paint, the paint lines were all everywhere. Uh, Bengals versus Steelers. Uh, <laughs> Bengals versus Steelers. What the hell is? Oh my gosh! Special teams that was, is that if anything that proved was special teams is important. You know, uh, it uh, kind of that when you have to resort to your backup long snapper. Whoa. <laughs> but Man, maybe that's why they missed all it, those kicks. Well, that is exactly why they missed all those kicks is because it no, screwed off the, that fucking that's not true, but that, that is also not true. How is it not true? Dude, it was it changed. I, out yeah, I don't give a fuck how bad your backup snapper is. As long as it, he gets into yeah. the holder, you're good. Anyways, um this game was just everywhere. Mitch Trubisky looked like what? And then like Joe Burrow was throwing five interceptions and a fumble. Hey, four. Five four, turnovers. My bad. Pick. I, my I would bad. know. You could have. You could have. He could have thrown another one. It doesn't matter. Like you win games by winning the turnover battle. And that's what the Steelers did. No. Ben God, baby. 
They yeah. they blocked that field goal or that PAT to yeah. like stay in the game purely because Mike Tomlin. There's no other explanation. There's no other reason. Mike Tomlin <laughs> has to win eight games a year, and this was the only way that God could figure out a way to make it happen. Well, now he's got to win nine. <laughs> that's, that's what he did. Like, good job, nine. God. You have met like you're one eighth of the way to your or nine. Okay, yeah, I forgot about the other game. So you're a ninth of the way to your quota. Good job. What you got, Sam? Okay, so uh, two quick shout-outs. One, shout-out Justin Reed. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, Shout-out to Cleveland for beating their ex, <laughs> Lowell Baker. Oh, my uh, God. we could That could be another conversation. I, I should have had that as the one I talked about. I'm not going to. Uh, By the way, Cleveland, your midfield logo is fucking shit. I don't care yeah. if the fans like it. Yeah. That shit is. Yeah. Putting the fucking elf in the middle of your logo is fucking dumb. But the thing I wanted to get to real quick is I want to get to Texans Colts classic AFC title or matchup where the Colts should definitely have won the first game. It will be in the title somehow or some way, just like they did against the Jags when they had got the first overall pick. They somehow lost to a terrible team, except they didn't lose this time. They tied, which is almost worse. That's um, every AFC South team uh, didn't win this week and two of them played each other. That's the AFC South for you. Um, I want to use the rest of my time to say uh, Colts. Maybe Carson Wentz wasn't the problem. Maybe you have an organizational problem. Eh, I don't know. Fucking uh, crazy Texans, problem. why would you ruin your tank like this, you bastards? And uh, for God's sakes, can we please stop having ties in the NFL? For God's sakes. Can What's we, the like, same? I, dude, I legitimately cannot stand it for god's sakes alternate two-point conversions if you have to i do not care i'm so tired of ties in the nfl i hate it i like it's the worst i would prefer you just go alternating possessions from the 10 uh like first and goal like do that like do that and make them go for two or something i, I don't even know do that once at least and then go for two or whatever you want to do but please stop having ties in the NFL. Please, pretty please. Like, stop. I, I hate need, it so much. We need a tie to, like, cause a really big controversy in, like, the divisional, like, uh, seedings and everything in order for them to finally say, okay, we need to get rid of this. Dude, no. Like, I'm so tired of ties. Like, yeah, seriously. It's, it's horrible. It's like, it's like kissing your sister. Nobody wins. Just alternate two-point conversions. Like, seriously, I'm not even fucking kidding. Like, I I don't need – I don't need anything, like, dumb or whatever, like soccer where it's, like, alternating, like, field goals or anything. But at least – I'm telling you, dude, you realize how fucking cool it would be if you put the ball on the 10 and, like, alternated, like, one possession each? Like, fans would love that shit. I, I just don't think – you could even make it to where, like, if you fucking score a touchdown first, you have to kick an extra point. And if you score it second, then you got to go up to, like, whatever. I don't think the NFL is to blame here. I think it's the Texans for playing for a tie because they viewed that as better than playing to win. So They, they definitely saw Okay, wait that. a minute. What was the scenario on that? I saw people saying that they played for the tie. And, like, it was, like, oh, it's, like, fourth and whatever from, like, the Colts 49. It was fourth and one at midfield with, like, 30 seconds left. Yeah, but if you don't get it, then, like, you probably lose the game. So why wouldn't you? But if you get it, you probably win the game. 
<laughs> yeah, but you're the Texans. So it's fourth yeah. and one, but okay, regardless. Well, they I don't have that, a running right. back. What's yeah. better, guaranteeing a tie or like risking a whatever? Doesn't matter. Fuck it. Doesn't Back matter. To Back to me. K State beat Missouri 40 to 12. Should have been 40 to 6. Boom. Uh, fuck Missouri. Uh, put some celebratory music in here. About- hang on. Hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bean, Hang on. Was Who was person. the only one to put them down on the W column? You. You were Beans because Gavin and I hate optimism. because We, we hate being it. sad. <laughs> also, just to point out, Beans also took the cover on the parlay. Uh, I was the only one to miss on the parlay. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, But for some reason, we're talking about K-State first because we got put on my show sheet first. But we'll recap the Missouri game. Pretty much, K-State came out, looked okay on offense. Missouri looked not great on offense. K-State was good on defense. Missouri was met on defense. And one team was significantly better at special teams than the other, except for the kicking game, and that was K-State. It also rained a metric fuck ton. And it was cold. I stayed out during the lightning delay with my with Colton, and we were there for an hour, and those fat raindrops were fat as shit. Gentlemen, takeaways, go. Thank God we got to beat the shit out of South Dakota so that that way we could get prepared as a fan base for what God put us through on that Saturday to stay at the bill and get wet and just watch our team beat Whatever. the utter living shit out of a better shooting team. Don't even lie. <laughs> I never made it to Sean's, but. Okay. Yeah, I was in the weather the entire time, but. Yeah, uh, that game was really just a repeat of the South Dakota game in terms of, like, what I feel like we learned, but it was just against a better team. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean. It, it was everything. It, it was it was reaffirming what we already knew for everything, except I still don't know what to think of the offense because it's, I thought you're we were in this offense. Yeah. And then the rain delay happened, and I feel like we got discombobulated. And then we had a really, really bad third quarter. Yeah. So I I'm, still don't know what to think. I'm leaning like a, bad. It's like a gray area, in my opinion. It, it's weird. It's Schrodinger's offense. I'm I'm willing to disregard how bad we looked in the rain because it was in the rain. But I'm also willing to disregard how well we looked with seven scripted crap, uh, pass plays that we've done nothing but run over and over and over over the past week to get ready for yep. Missouri. Like, we're somewhere in between, but regardless, there's a lot of bad in that room in between. Now, we look great on that first drive. Let's not bury that. Adrian looked sharp. The entire yeah. game, he looked more comfortable than he did a- against South Adrian Dakota. Adrian looked better, and that <laughs> was, that's the only reason. If Adrian didn't look any better and it was pretty much just Deuce doing kind of everything, he did do everything. Worse. 145 rushing yards and two touchdowns is not a slight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adrian still looks sharp. We still had some good pass plays. He still moved the chains a lot on that first drive. Two things. One, one thing that's really going to hurt us down the road is we have not been very good on third down. Our third down like percentage is horrible. It's yeah, because we don't get into good third down. No, we don't. Like we get like. A couple yards, like anytime we've had to kick the ball away, we get a couple yards off of a run play, try to throw it on second down, and then we're on third down and we don't know what to do. It's crazy. Um, That's what happens when you set up an offense around the run game. Just saying. 
Continue. If you do it yeah. correctly, if you do it correctly. Anyways, um, two second thing. Uh, I am proud of the K State fan base for not chanting FKU because right no, now we don't want to be chanting. Fuck those pussies. We back down. No, seriously, uh, this job. is not a good time of year to be doing that, especially I'm not saying KU is good or anything, but like let KU lose a few games and then bring it back, you know, like we'll just do it during KU. You do it during um, KU. That's fine. Let dog, for real though for that game. That's fine. But good, dude, good for them. I'm like 99% sure that like Jerome Tank absolute main reasons that that student section didn't do that. And God, he hasn't. All that man has done is bring in two good recruits and a good transfer, and he's like God. Yeah. No, he you know he's I mean? awesome. Like he, he's God on that campus at this point. Like he, like I'm be complete. Like let's be real with ourselves. If like you walked in to like so long, and Chris Kleiman's in one booth and Jerome Tang's in another booth. Oh, you could sit with either. I feel like everyone's sit with Jerome Tang. Jerome I'm sitting Tang. with Tang. The Tang Dude, He seems cool as fuck. He is really chill. Like, his campus, like, uh, I don't know. It's almost like, I don't know what you want to call it. His energy is just unreal. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Infectious. It's crazy. It's crazy. I could center around it's, that guy. It's easy to see why he's as good of a recruiter and as good at bringing, like, high-profile players in as he is. Because... Doc. He's like, going out is, to the plaza and sitting on a couch talking to students. Like, are you... Like, dude, what? <laughs> and he's at Aggieville too. Like one of our, one of the former hosts, Swoller, he was a uh, he was at uh, Lucha, and Tang was just there, just hanging out at Lucha, like just hanging out. Like that's awesome. Um, but yeah, for I'm, me, um, I think the only thing we really learned is that uh, Chris Tennant is gonna probably lose the game at some point this year, and I I hate to say that. I uh, no, I hope I'm yeah. wrong. I hope he gets. Back recentered, but yeah, let's, it's let's looking give a, like just a Cantelli season. <laughs> let's give a quick like just overview recap. First two games, we've basically seen the same thing twice now. We're scared of our passing game, but we have no reason to believe that they're good or really really bad. They're just somewhere in between, and we're only worried about that where we're gonna play good teams. We're gonna beat the piss out of bad teams because we have such a high floor with our run game and our defense. And in those close games, when we're playing good teams, we also can't rely on our kicking game. I feel like that just kind of like sums up where we're at right now. I'd have yeah. nothing to add on to that. I I think the one thing I want to say, I it feels, and I hope that Colin like doesn't think like this, and I hope like if this is like the thought in the head, like it changes. It almost feels like sometimes that Colin has to prove to us that Adrian can actually throw the ball effectively. And he'll just like call some, he'll like out of the blue, just call like passes on first and second down, even though we've been running the ball well. And it's like, hey, look, no, this quarterback can throw the ball. Like, see, I'll prove it to you. And it's like, Colin, we don't. Like we know he can throw the ball. You don't need to prove that he can. Like uh, we just need to get yards. Actually, I'll counter that. And I see Colin I doing know. that. And then the third quarter happens, and you're like, uh, this kind of feels worse. It it felt like it. It felt like Colin was like, oh yeah, like the rain's gone. Like let's prove that Adrian can actually throw the ball. And it's like Colin, please no. Like let's just let's just go score some points. All right. 
Now, now to be fair, and to that as well, we did have some drops in the third quarter. Like there was drops a lot of penalties. Yeah, there's a lot of things that led to our offense stalling. <laughs> but the quarterback room is still a part of that. It's not like he's not mm-hmm. a part of it. It's just all that that third quarter was rough, but luckily uh, Missouri just collapsed a lot harder and on their side of the field a lot more than we did. Penalties, I think, is the main thing right now for the offense. Whenever we get a penalty, our drive stalls out because we're not explosive enough. We're going to have to clean that up. So let's move on to previewing the next game, I suppose. We'll just do it this way for the uh, next two games. Uh, We're playing Tulane. K-State plays Tulane at the Bill at 2 o'clock on Big 12 Now ESPN+. Plus. Tulane, from what I have seen, has one of the best offenses in the group of five. They have played UMass and some other team. I don't know. I know they played UMass, though, who is ranked as the uh, worst team in college football by Ryan McGee. Mm-hmm. So kind of a mixed bag. Tulane obviously can put points on the board. Tulane has been playing some dog shit, though. So what do we think is going to happen this game? I'm worried twofold. One is just because this feels exactly like the last two games to where, like, if we win – great we take care of business like it's a no-win scenario where we can win and that's okay and if we look bad and or lose like obviously that's terrible like there's just nothing that we really can take away but and i want to shout out uh noted analyst uh jacob land with uh bringing this up i don't think we've ever set up ourselves for a worse trap game than what we have right now because we're oh my bringing God, out I was just about to say that the new uniforms the, the alternate, all of that shit just happening on this, like, build up to Oklahoma week. The, the problem is it's not the Oklahoma week. We are still playing Tulane. And like you said, mm-hmm. Sam, uh, if this, like, I mean, if Tulane is just better than the last two teams we played, which is entirely possible, uh, we could, like, be potentially walking into a very, very nerve-wracking Saturday. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you get Really big win against a team that really wasn't yes. as good as you thought. Right. New uniforms, and you have to come down to here to play Tulane because Tulane is Tulane. Yeah. Even though Tulane almost beat Oklahoma last season. Say what you will about Oklahoma last season. And then you have this big game you're geared up for the next week with OU at OU, huge clash, blah, blah, blah. And... You could understand why K-State's only a 14-point favorite despite beating the hell out of Missouri. So I do think that this is a horrific trap trap game. If we come out and beat the brakes off of Tulane, though, I mean, yeah, yeah, right? we We continue what we're doing, and we just kind of stay the course. I mean, we'll we'll come on here and, you know, talk the same thing we basically did today. But uh, then Oklahoma's the test, right? Like, how good yep, is Oklahoma's this team Oklahoma's the first exam. The, yep. These are the homeworks, and you need to pass your homeworks to get A in the class. But, you know, it, you got you to gotta do your homework. You got to eat your vegetables, get dessert. So we need to eat our veggies. Beans, what say you? Uh, a, the helmets look sexual. Like, yes. Very much so. Like, very much sexual. Mm, beautiful. And it Willie is 
that pennant lily, like old school flag lily, is my favorite K State lily. Yeah, like keep that for like it's so like traditional, like it's a traditional look, but it's new and it's awesome. That, I love it. That logo, like it shouldn't be the primary logo, but like you want to wear anything with like that logo on it. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that logo is a bop. Beautiful. Next is gonna be the lavenders. Anyways, um, no, dude, I know I'm not ready for it. It's gonna be so nice. Um, I agree with you guys. Like, there's not really much more I can add to that. Um. Tulane's got like this build coming up. Like they have, they have annihilated our, Matt, U, UMass, which is a horrible team, and Alcorn State, which is a who. Um, I think Alcorn's an HBCU. Yeah, they're yeah. So maybe I don't remember. They have a pretty solid like he's a they, they really center their game around the passing game, which mm-hmm. it's gonna. He, that's scary because we've yes. left some stuff open in the passing game. Yes. It's like yeah. we're running Missouri, every team a whole lot better. Like Missouri could have annihilated us more in the passing game than what the stats show. Like they, yeah, they, 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 they had a, that, they had a they, touchdown they missed. They got that really deep pass. They, they had another deep pass they missed and they caught one finally. The yeah. quarterback for Missouri couldn't read an eye chart if it was up to his face. So it was. He so this will be. Him, though. He yeah. was an athlete. Yeah, that's, that's true. But, but I. This will be a good, not a, it's not going to be a test, yeah. Because I, I think K State's going to win, but like just do your job, win this game, focus on what you need to focus on for the, you know, don't prepare for Oklahoma, but build off of it. Right. Yeah. And I so think what that's are, a big thing. Yes. So what are your guys' scores for this game? So I'll go with us pushing the spread i think i feel like tulane is going to absolutely put up some points but i feel like a lot of their production is off of kind of just not to be blunt but bad teams right like umass sucks and alcorn state is like an okay fcs team yeah um so i think k-state probably scores about what they've been scoring probably around like 31 and i think tulane probably goes about 14 to 17 so we'll go uh 31 17 Okay. Turd. I'm rolling 34-24. Cats. Oh, yeah. Cats, by the way, for me. Yeah, I I, I assume. I, um, I would have reacted a lot differently if I was picking Tulane. <laughs> Casual <kinda> cats. <laughs> Casual cats. Uh, I think this is going to be, like, a weird middle. Like, it feels bigger. Or it feels – it should be bigger than what the score is going to show. Yeah. Uh, I think like, I, I games – like where Tulane outscores just like twenty-one to ten in like the fourth quarter. Yeah, like I, on a garbage TV or something. You know what I mean? I I think it's going to be twenty-eight to seventeen, but I like the game is just going to feel tighter than that. So um, that's like that's what I oh, so like K State kind of puts one in the end zone. Like it'll yeah, twenty-one like seventeen. K State puts one in the yeah. end zone, like two left or something like that. And so, gets but, yeah, out. yeah, I get you. So on to right. on to the I, other. State yeah, sticking with college, University Rock Shot got a big win, went to Morgantown, and I didn't have the balls to take KU, but they went in against West Virginia, and they came back to win, winning in overtime with a rare two-touchdown win in overtime as a pick six was the clincher out in Morgantown. KU improves to 2-0, and and no team from the state of Kansas, if you're counting Kansas City as like the metro in Kansas. Has lost a game yet. So, gentlemen, KU, 
big game. I know you guys didn't watch, but I kind of did. Uh, who's the quarterback for West Virginia again? Uh, JT Daniels. Yeah, like he was like a big name a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, he was a big recruit to Georgia, and then or no, he was a big recruit USC. to USC. Went to went Georgia. To Georgia. Went to Morgantown. And this guy, I I had all the hopes for him, and like now, like after that, nah, game, dude. Uh, the thing is, with five, here's the thing I've come up in like with five star QBs. If like they don't show you fucking anything. Like, immediately in the first like year, like yeah, like it's just the way that it is. Yeah, yeah. like you usually good quarterbacks show you something on why they're like good in the first like year and a half or so. Yeah, shout out to K. Shout out to KU for this like getting big wins early on. Like this, this was a good like early season matchup for KU. Uh, proud of them. Step in the right direction. Hopefully KU they can over make- two and a half wins is looking like free ass money right now. Yeah, I'm glad like, that I bet it. Like the way they've been playing, like that stadium is now going to start selling tickets, which it could be a snowball effect to like maybe a four or five win season. You know, like it's it's an up season. You know, oh. it'll be. Oh, it totally right- is. And I mean, like, KU, KU was down that game, 28-21, I think. Mm-hmm. And they went on a little bit of a run, and they were actually up, I think it was 11 points with, like, half a quarter left. And then West Virginia got a field goal, and they stopped KU, and they got a touchdown basically at the end of the game. It yeah. was very reminiscent of the Texas game. And here's, like, the big thing, right, is I've watched a, I've watched KU play, and I've seen box scores of it and everything. KU pre-Lance Lightfold gets that lead, chokes it, and then loses in overtime because they don't have the ability to fight through adversity and they're just not coached well enough. Uh, KU with Lance Lightbulb has blown a lead and survived and won in overtime twice now. One against Texas, one against West Virginia. Those are big building block wins. And, I mean, say what you want, like, KU's big dog on the road at West Virginia, and, you know, it's just, like, it's a good win. Like, KU, like, hadn't won a road game in, like, 10 years in the Big 12, and then they're 2-0 and in the last, like, they're, like, 2-1 and or something in the last couple. Yeah. We, we can't emphasize enough how low the bar was, like, but again – this feels like steps being made. And in the same way that like, if I'm a KU fan, I'm scared of what Jerome Tang is doing in Manhattan right now. In that exact same way, I'm afraid of what Lance, Lance Leipold is starting to do in Lawrence right now, especially from the standpoint that like KU is a bigger sport. KU, or uh, Jesus, football is a bigger sport. Football makes more money, all of that. Like the ceiling for KU getting bet good at football is much much higher for their program, um, their them as a school, etc. Just because there's so much more money in football, um, like them being good at basketball is like great and everything, but basketball is just a fraction of what college football is. If you're better in both, and that's where like K State appears to be heading to- heading towards, maybe oh KU. Um, good for the state of Kansas. I'm I'm just hoping that Lance Leipold ends up in ends up in Nebraska and we can just get some other like uh dementia dimwit in there to be coached for the next like couple three years. 
Yeah, I know. It's it always sucks to see a rival get better, but I mean, they they look good. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yes. I I was talking with Eli, and he was like, oh, "Okay, you would just choke this game," and they choked the game, and they got into overtime, and he's talking about like how they're gonna lose, and they won, and he's just like, "This doesn't make sense." It back, and he's like, "Oh, that was weird." Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are like, solid. Yeah, like you, you guys are legitimately solid this year. Like, yeah, are you gonna beat OU, Oak State? Eh, probably not. But I mean, like, there's no reason they can't beat Iowa State. There's yes. no reason they can't beat Texas Tech. Yeah. There's no reason they. I mean, there's no reason they can beat us. You know. Yeah. Especially so in the rivalry game. KU plays Houston this weekend, who, which I didn't know this, but the last two games, they've played in overtime games. They went to three overtimes against UTSA and Tech. And then two, that's a whole game right there. Like, that, it's got to be pretty, that's going to, got to be pretty tiring. But what do you think of this? 50 Houston. What? Oh, what? Wow. 50. I mean, that's, that's, that's a game. shootout. <laughs> Why are you here with the none? shootout yet but i mean assuming just app state doesn't count as a like viable offense like yeah i, I really as well and I mean, houston both has these, a good offense both of these quarterbacks i mean yeah this is gonna be an explosive game yeah yeah is is this game at houston mm, yes it is okay yeah it's at so houston you, Houston is coming off a pretty heartbreaking loss to Tech. They had the game in the bag in the first overtime and gave up a fourth and 20 conversion. Um, I do think, so, I didn't really wait, rate West Virginia. Um, and I thought they would come down. Like, I, I like, they they lost to Pitt and Pitt's their Super Bowl for that season, right? And I thought there would be a little bit of dip. I thought they overplayed for Pitt. Um, Houston, I think, is just better generally. Mm-hmm. Um, they I think yeah, I think Houston is just a better team, but I think they're probably dipping a little bit in terms of motivation. I think the only reason I'm still going to take Houston is because. KU beating West Virginia is probably kind of a wake-up call. Luke. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, let's be honest. Yes. And, like, that that's kind of one thing. And, like, this isn't, like, a shot at KU or anything. But, like, KU has such a negative perception that guys and teams probably don't take them super seriously. And even some coaches probably don't take them super seriously in the past. Yeah. But I mean, they're two and zero now, and they put up fifty five or put up fifty points in back to back games, and just beat West Virginia in Morgantown. So I mean, that's just psychologically going to make you try a little bit harder. I think we're probably looking at like a forty one thirty eight something like that, probably around like a field goal game, maybe something like forty two to thirty six. Like we'll go forty one thirty eight. Yeah, I can't put the over. I, I think. I think this is KU's like coming out party where like everyone kind of thinks Houston's a good team and KU's going to give them like a lot. KU's going to give them a lot. And like they, they could be Houston. Like that wouldn't shock me that really no outcome to this game shocks me except for KU blowing Houston out. Like that would, that would honestly kind of shock me. But like if KU went out there and lost by like 21, like, it wouldn't shock me because we're still taking baby steps. 
basically, but I think they keep it tight. All right. Well, we've taken two approaches here, and both of them are high scoring. I'm going to take the lower scoring approach. Like, this game is one of two ways. Either it's going to be like, like Gavin says, 56 to 50, or it's going to be like 14 to 7. <laughs> like, He's not wrong. That, that shit it's, always happens, too. It's, it's like, oh, it's, yeah, the over in this game is like fucking 60, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, no. it's 14 to 10 at the end of the game. No, so I'm going to be like the middle guy here. I'm going to go 32-21. KU's still going to lose. That's still high scoring. That's a 50-point yeah, game. Yeah, I know, but I'm going the middle like how you said. And Doing I the price to, is right strategy? Yeah, like the price. Yeah, oh, exactly. yeah, whatever. One I, I could be that jackass that says 14-7, uh, to 7, but I think it's going to uh, be. One dollar. One dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All so. right. So, again – He's getting better, and I think the real opportunity to win, like another game, I, I, I think this week is close. Next week when they play Duke, I think that's an opportunity to actually like go and beat the brakes off of another like mm-hmm. another like D one team. Yeah, like that. That's a game, like depending on how they show against Houston, that's an opportunity for them to win by like multiple touchdowns. But we'll get to that next week. Um, we had what we had professional football first. The first time, and the Kansas State Chiefs beat the Arizona Cardinals by the score of forty. Was it forty-four to what? Uh, final score was forty-four twenty-one. It really wasn't even that close, honestly. No, no not at all. Like they right. were just. So Gavin eventually wanted to uh, pick the Chiefs, and I think that, and you did pick the Chiefs. I did not pick the Chiefs. But uh, the Chiefs won, and that makes me very happy that superstitions are not an actual thing. What do we say? What do we think about the Kansas State Chiefs after week one? So the uh, in terms of – I actually think the Cardinals side is more interesting. I think the only thing you learn from a Chiefs perspective is that Mahomes can, in fact, like have a high-ceiling game without Tyreek Hill, which is a very good That's- thing and something that we couldn't say before. But I, honestly, like not to cut you off, but I don't agree with that because we have like seven games of high level data with him without Tyreek Hill. <laughs> like, I, I want to take part of it away like, from Mahomes though, because you're getting Andy Reid in the first game of the season with nothing but time to prepare for it and like all of that. <laughs> but regardless, <laughs> we learned so much more about the Arizona Cardinals in this game that like. I mean, their their coach, the way that they were prepared, how they entered this game just seemed, again, like we spoke of, there's a lot of similarities here between the Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals. They had no weapons, offense, or really in the secondary. And then their coach doesn't belong in the NFL. And, I mean, Kyler's good, but, like, again, Kyler just didn't really have anything. He's throwing fucking passes to Greg Dortch. Like, Greg fucking guy. Dude, who? When, yeah. when Rondell Moore gets, like, back to being healthy and they have, like, receiver sets with, like, Hollywood Brown, Rondell, George, <laughs> and, like, Eno Benjamin's in the backfield with Kyler. Like, all those dudes are, like, under six foot. Like, that is just the... That is short kings rise up right there. Like, freaking... And then DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins is only like 5'11. Is he really? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. He plays bigger than that. 
Yeah, um, I think it, he has like them really long arms. Is yeah, really what it is. But no, I, I'm oh, gonna go ahead, fact Vince. check. I'm gonna fact check that because like he just feels I, like he's six one, but he probably he, is five eleven. He, I swear, he's under six foot. Um, my thing is like I two takeaways from this. He's six one, by the way. Oh shit! No, that's yeah, I'll that's, prove it. That's for, for those cleats. of you watching on YouTube. Yep. There it is. It that's probably like means. It probably means he's actually six foot. Yeah, because, you know that's with cleats on. NFL, he's ha-ha. Kentucky five eleven. <laughs> Anyways, uh, two things, two takeaways from this game. I'm going to go with uh, the the you know one that not a lot of people really think about. Watching this game, like watching the O line work, is insane to me because like there is you know how we always teach like the cradle. There is no cradle with a Chiefs offensive line and Patrick Mahomes. Like, you have a tackle way over here, another tackle way over here. You have the guard, like, way over here. You have another guard, like, right next to – there's no cradle, and yet it works. It's so it's so fun to watch. It's almost just because Mahomes works better in chaos. Yeah, yeah. like, it's, it's yeah. organized chaos. That's exactly right. Uh, watch the game next. Like, watch this game this Thursday and watch the O-line and how there is no, like, structure to it. It's awesome. Well, and, and that's that's the huge test, and we'll get we'll, – we'll cover we'll that, get to that. Yeah. soon. Yep. But yep. that's the big test. Number uh, two yeah. – sorry. Number two uh, – we don't need kickers. I, I said this earlier. I said this earlier. We I, needed, I knew as soon as that happened you were going to fucking talk about it. I knew it. <laughs> Uh, I hate there was a user who brought up a really good point would it not be more efficient to just have Justin Reed do kickoffs so that way like he was 100% the the guy we just signed I can't name his name he's like 56% no is it I don't know anyways like Matt Amendola or something he has a 56% touchback rating Justin Reed's 100% I don't do Okay, straight up though, like for real. Would you be shocked if this, so like this dude's probably just an accuracy kicker, right? Yeah. Yes. Would you, and like, I mean, that's the thing with Justin Reed. Justin Reed obviously is a big leg. Like we saw it with the second extra point. Like, I mean, he shanked the shit out of that. Yeah, but like, just, he has power. Justin he has Reed, power. honest to God though, over the core, I honestly hope like over the off seasons, he actually like kind of developed. Pat McAfee would probably teach him how to fucking kick. He'd probably get at Pat McAfee yeah, loves him. He would probably get Adam Vinatieri to give him some pointers. I kind of hope, like over the course of his contract with Kansas City, he actually becomes like a guy we could definitely throw out there for an extra point. If God forbid something this happened again. But Who's like, you? if if this kicker like can't put it through the back of the end zone, do you just chuck Justin Reed in for yes. kickoffs? Just yes. To, yes. I, I, mean, I would. Now you have eleven. You, now you have eleven defensive players on kickoff. Exactly. If he fucks it up, he's the best fucking <laughs> tackling kicker in the league for sure. He's the he's the third best tackler on the team. Like, why not? Yeah. No, I'm I'm telling you, if Amendola, if in this game next week Amendola comes in and like isn't getting touchbacks, and we're actually giving up legitimate like return yards and such. And like losing field position because of it, I'm actually gonna be kind of pissed if Justin Reed isn't fucking doing kickoffs. Yeah, yeah. We did but, miss um, the mark though. We could have signed Rodrigo Blankenship, but if we would have waited like two, if we would have waited like two more days, because I think we worked out like six kickers, and it was like there's like three veterans, two rookies, and then I mean, we still this can't Amador. sign Rodrigo, but 
Yeah. I mean, this guy's only a practice squad. We signed him to practice yeah. squad, moved him up. So, which mm-hmm. means we have him for four weeks after that. If we don't like him, guess what? We can cut him and find another kicker. Right? I would imagine that Butker would have played if he had a week. I'm guessing yeah. it's just kind of. Also, shout out to Butker. He came back and played, yeah. and he hit, like, a one-step, like, 50-yarder. Yeah, like, that like guy. he's has... got a cannon leg. So, like, outside outside of that Arizona game, is there anything else you guys feel like you need to add on to that? The only Pat thing that all really added, good. Yeah, the only thing that I'll add is I saw a video, and I, I'll pro- I need to find it send it to you guys. It was uh, Patrick Mahomes, like, escaping pockets just with the Pirates of the Caribbean theme behind it. Because <laughs> Like Jack Sparrow run that he has around in the pocket. Like you say, is that organized chaos? There's always a plan somehow. Yeah. 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 For me, the big takeaway is I don't want to. I'm not calling it addition by subtraction because that's that is disrespectful to Tyreek. It's death. It's death by a thousand slices. I know where Sam's going with this. I'm not calling it like addition by subtraction. That's not true. This offense is more explosive with Tyreek Hill in it, right? However, when it is just a bunch of adequate players or whatever who just – there's no primary read, the offense – like, there is just less predictability in it, if that makes sense. Evan? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I – um. I think it's very ironic, like one of the other the other major uh, wide receiver moves that we saw um, with like Devontae Adams, especially you see him get 50 percent of the targets and like the offense flow through him. But the offense be just like also not uber efficient and Derek Carr throw a couple interceptions this way because he's literally just like the definition of fuck it. Devontae's down there somewhere. And that's like great and everything but it's almost like we forced Patrick Mahomes over the course of his career to figure out how to play the quarterback position and this is like proof that that dude that we watched at Texas Tech that was just YOLO fuck it I can do whatever the fuck I want because of this cannon attached to my right shoulder now we've got this dude that can drop back read defenses and just hit like good players and find the one that just happened to get open on that play like there's no great players you got Travis Kelsey who's just a trump card but and maybe that's more important than we lead on to. I would say it is. I think it is extremely important that Travis Kelsey commands that kind of presence. Because no offense, no offense to like, I'm just gonna say Dawson Knox because he's in a very similarly good offense. Mm-hmm. But like, fans aren't giving a fuck if Dawson Knox is running a deep cross. You know what right. I mean? Right. No, I like, com- defenses don't give a fuck about Dawson Knox running the deep cross compared to Travis. I I completely so. agree with you because like we see these offenses like uh, Tennessee or like Green Bay, and we could have talked about them earlier. That are just devoid of that that guy, that like dude who can just like shit. We need something. We just need someone to make a play on third and ten. We still have that guy, and uh, that makes everyone else and we probably have a lot of twos and threes left at this point on our roster at wide receiver it makes those guys look a whole hell of a lot more a lot better so i'll leave this game with an anecdote right and this is kind of like what i was getting into so this comes from the 76ers back when wilt chamberlain was their star player and for forever wilt chamberlain was allowed to just be the star right 
that's where he had like his 50 points per game or 55 points per game season and like a 20 to 30 rebound season, like all that crap. And they never won fucking anything. And a new coach came in. And in the first year, he told Walt Chamberlain to shoot the ball less and pass more because then it would get his, because his teammates were always open because everyone's just covering Wilt because they all knew that he was shooting the ball. And that's kind of what it felt like with Tyreek and Kelsey or whatever. And lo and behold, Wilt Chamberlain did that for one season. And it was the only title he won in Philly, I believe, if I remember right, where they won the title, like the first year they did that. And then things obviously regressed or whatever. But the idea is, is if Tyreek is gone, instead of focusing on Tyreek, and focusing on Travis, now you still focus on Travis, but it's dispersed, focusing everyone on everywhere else, which means theoretically, it's an easier time for everyone else to get everything. So yep. that's kind of the little anecdote. Obviously, none of the guys are as good as Tyreek, but it's a Debo tweet disguised as a Derrick Henry tweet disguised as a Jonathan Taylor tweet. <laughs> All right, let's get into the game that's coming up tomorrow. You'll be listening to this podcast, hopefully, right before the game. And you'll be at this point. We have probably the biggest game of the season up to this date. I mean, I know we're only one weekend, but this one, this is a big one. First division game in what is considered the best division in football. And it's Chiefs versus Chargers. Chargers came into Kansas City last year. One on the Chiefs' home turf in Arrowhead. Are they going to do it again, gentlemen? What are we looking for? What are we thinking? Um, I want to point out, so luckily for the Chiefs, um, the Chargers did just lose their top receiver in Keenan Allen the week before. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. ironically, lost, or not ironically, Duffy as well. Bingo. We lost our number one corner. Um, only we had get, uh, Bradbury. Yeah, if we would, uh, who did have a pick six last week, worth noting. Yeah, um, but James Bradbury was here. Yeah, this. So I don't, I don't think the Cardinals' offensive line is that good, but our defensive line did look good. Chris Jones had a great game um, against the Cardinals. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried about what this defense is going to be able to do against a Justin Herbert led, led offense, but. Um, if the Chiefs just come out against the Chargers and have a high like high scoring game and the last team that gets the ball wins, it's not like we haven't watched that for the last couple of years with the Chiefs anyways. So it's just it could just be more of the same. Um, I would just like to point out that the Raiders atrocious defense only held them to twenty four. I you know, they could have put up forty, but they didn't. Yeah, that was super weird because it looked like yeah. they were humming and then they stalled out. Yeah. The Chargers, man. That's what yeah. they do. They lost Keenan Allen, though. And that, I mean, that, but yeah, I, that seriously. That might be a bigger deal than we think. I do I, think. Ser- yeah, go ahead, Beans. Gavin did bring up a good point, though. Like, we are down some players. They're down some players. Already, it's only that, week yeah, two. Yeah, it's only week one. Or, yeah, it's only week two. I, I don't think the loss of Keenan Allen and uh, Trent McDuffie offset. Let's get that out there. Uh, like, yeah, Ke- us Keenan losing is Trent obviously McDuffie, a much better player than Trent McDuffie at this yes, point in their yeah. careers. I do think, however, J.C. Jackson's always hurt. Is also hurt. Yep. Um, so yep. that's another big point. I think this game is going to be 
Oh, I'm not going to compare it to the Rams game that it was a couple years ago with the Chiefs in 2018. Oh. It's going to be close, though. Like, it's going to be in the 40s. Why don't we just there, say the Buffalo be, uh, game from last season? Or the Buffalo game. Yeah, that's a good one. A Buffalo game yeah, from last just, year. It's just going to be just that haymaker game. Yes. Like, who can out, outlast each other the longest? Um, another hurt player for the Chiefs is Trey Smith. Allegretti looked really yeah. good. Yep. Don't hide that. Allegretti looked really good. And another thing is Andrew Wiley has looked also really good. I hate that the NFL does not praise Andrew Wiley enough for what that guy does on tackle at, at the tackle position. Um, How fortunate we were to go from uh, Schwartz to Wiley. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not concerned about our offensive line at all. No, and that's saying a lot with the pass rush that uh, yeah. Carter is bringing in. It'll here. be a test. I think that's yes. kind of the big thing. Is I mean the Chargers, they, they kind of got. I don't want to say they have our number, but we they have played us thick and fast into the last possession. Three out of I don't want to really count the one uh, in Arrowhead two years ago because mm-hmm. that was Shad Henny. Yeah, yeah. The Chargers, yeah. like yeah, we can discount that one. But Herbert's first start shootout, like. Thick and fast to the wire. Mm-hmm. Last year at Arrowhead, same deal. Last year in SoFi, same deal. Yeah. This is probably going to be another one where Mahomes and Herbert are just going to be throwing haymakers at each other. Uh, and it's just going to kind of be whoever's team, whoever's defense steps up first, whoever, you know, makes that big play, whoever makes the mistake, missing field goals. You know, if Brandon Staley does something stupid again on his fourth downs, it's going to come down – and, again, like, Staley will probably do stuff like that because that's just who he is. He's a riverboat guy. He's like Ron Rivera. But it's this game is going to be lost by, like, very minute details. Another good fact for both the teams here, guess who the leading rusher for the Chiefs is right now? Pacheco. Pacheco, Pacheco with 62 yards. <laughs> guess how many yards – guess how many rushing yards Eckler has. I get it. It's week one. But still, well, yeah, he only played doing, 47% right? of the snaps week one. So 36 rushing yards. So like this doesn't show like it's going to just be, you know, bombs away. Then I don't know what does. Yeah. yeah. Now th- yeah. this game is I <laughs> we say it should be fun and then it will end up being like a 21 to 20 game because yeah. that's how the NFL but, works. I, it's going to be close no matter where it's at. Like it could be like three to zero or it could be 50 to 56 and it's still just going to be I, that close. I do feel like these defenses are set up to fail though. It is like mm-hmm. they're hurt and some of the players on the defense are hurt and it's a Thursday night. Yeah. I get that you Quick play, turnaround. I get Quick you play turnaround. these guys a lot. Like you play them two times a year, every year and everything. Uh, th- these defenses are set up to fail because you're playing best quarterbacks. You to a point because I think the larger thing there is like on one hand the Chargers are just a better roster on paper than the Chiefs right now with yep. what we have proven on the Chiefs roster and the quarterbacks are close. I know everybody loves Mahomes, but like Herbert is very, very, very good in his own right. Um, the the thing that the Chiefs have going for him that the the Chargers can just never seem to get. Andy Reid is just significantly better at this point than Brandon Staley is. And that's uh, that's what's going to keep the Chiefs in this game. We're going to, even though our uh, their defense is very, very good, we're going to find out a way to run some offense. And uh, if we can't run defense, I really don't think it matters because it's not like we've done that the past couple of years anyways. 
Yeah, it'll be very – that's the matchup I want to see. I want to see our offense play against – if we can put up points against that defense, and I get they're injured, but, like, that's a very talented defense, two very talented edge rushers. We can hold up, put up points, look good doing it, then, like, we can start talking. Yeah, I need J.C. Jackson to be healthy. That way I can see Sky Moore get off press and get open deep just one time, and I can just cream my pants and just, like, absolutely <laughs> just, like – because la- last Thursday was pretty rough for me. I'm not going to lie. I had to watch a lot of bullshit. It was very sad and hurt me. I just want to see very a happy Thursday for the first time. I'm upset about Cam Akers, my guy, <laughs> so. and Matt Stafford. A lot of Cam Akers and Matt Stafford shares out there okay. in the ether for Gavin. So, right, so what's what's do, the final score? Yeah, I was gonna say, Gav, what oh. do you got for predictions? Forty to okay, no, we don't have our kicker, and the Chargers don't kick field goals. Um, so it's gonna be something <laughs> fucking weird. Let's go, uh, thirty-nine to forty-three. Who who's winning? Jeez. Okay, oh wow, you were really. It, thinking I mean, about when that it's that one. close, I was just deciding which way I wanted to go after CH. Yeah, so I think the big difference in this game, right, I think these teams are very even in terms – when you put all the pieces together, they're very even. I feel like this is playing for a, the second-best team in the AFC. I feel like mm-hmm. like Buffalo just looks incredible right now. And, like, this is kind of – this is kind of your chance to get that first marquee win, like, in conference. Like, obviously, the Bills have it with the Rams, but, like, this is the first opportunity. And I feel like no Keenan Allen is kind of a big problem for the Chargers, and they're just on the road. It's the home opener, and I I know, I understand, I get it. The Chargers won the home opener last year and everything, but I feel like this is just a little bit different. I feel like both these teams will probably split We'll probably lose in LA. They'll probably lose here. I think it's a little less high scoring than Gavin would say. I would go like 35 to like, I don't know. We'll call it like 35, 31 or something like that. Okay. Um, I would like to point out that all three of us, or no, there was three of, so rewind. <laughs> Gavin, you said that, Gavin, you said that the Chiefs would lose. I said the Chiefs would lose. Sam Waller said that the Chiefs would lose. Sam, you said the Chiefs would win. Um, okay, so here's the thing, right? Whenever I do my schedules, if I think we're splitting with a team in division, I just it, give yeah. the home team the win. Yeah. But I still think they split. So, yeah. like, in theory, they could lose this game and win in, in LA. Like, LA, yeah. Um, so, like, whenever I do predictions, like, Getting the exact date of the division wins correct isn't like super necessary for those, I guess. Three also, they're down their top players at the two most non like two most important non quarterback positions, and we've seen the Chiefs' offense come out and look amazing in one week when that was the biggest question or a big question mark this year. So yeah. that that that's a data point we didn't have at that point too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, this is like I said. Huge game. Like yep. Heavyweight championship of the world type game. Yep. I have the Chiefs coming in and throwing haymakers again, 44-40. You know, it, it's going to be a high-scoring game. You like, straddled my score, you dickhead. That's exactly what I did. 
I think I did that to everybody's. Um, anyways. Can you guys hear the person dragging the bike down the stairs? No. There is someone dragging something down these stairs above me, and I don't know what it is, but it is just thudunk, 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 thudunk. They're like I concrete just, stairs, too, so I can fucking hear everything. I just figured out mid-podcast that there's no, like, press GIF and then send on Tinder. It's just send GIF once you press it. So it's gone. It's out there now. So. Oh, no. <laughs> this could be anything. There's no All right, so gentlemen. We forgot to put this on our show sheet, but lest you not forget, oh, we yeah. gotta make a parlay because we're a gambling show now. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, so here I'll go. I'll go first. I was just I gonna victory little... lap my one hit. I'm a hundred percent. He is. Gabe Davis over yards was a key contributor to the parlay that almost won. Let me look at the game tomorrow. How much do I owe you for that? Twenty. Could you bet twenty? What? You could just bet ten. <laughs> oh. Well, well, Gavin didn't want to bet, and I was like, oh, just do 20. And you're like, oh, you can just do 30. Like, I'll just put 20 in. I was like, okay. And the over-under on the Chiefs game is 54. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, We're figuring this out mid-podcast. Not great podcasting. Tell you what. I'll go first. Um, I know exactly what I want if it's going to let me do it. Um. I am. I don't care what it is. I'm going in absolutely blind, and I'm absolutely taking the over on whatever Cooper Cup's receptions are. I don't care what it is. We're, I'm finding out with you right now what it is, and it's going to hit the over. That's all I care about. Over on Cup reception yards. Gavin? No, no not reception yards. Oh. Justin line for Justin Herbert's longest completion is 37 and a half yards. I take the over on that. I don't think I get that. Like I said, I don't think I get that. You got to cut a lot of this out beans. Yeah. No, it's Stan. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with tradition. KSU over. Like cover or like over the points. Yeah. Over the points. Over the points. All right, I'll I'll just plug that in. I gotta find I gotta find some different because they don't have Cooper Cup uh, receptions. Oh, all right, Gavin. I don't have that list yet. Uh, I don't know betting. All right, let me let me at least tell you what the uh, points are. Nope. Uh, before you uh commit. Um. Oh, the Bengals are eight point. Uh. Favorites to the Cowboys. That God, used to I don't be six and a half. By the way, it's six and a half now. No, it used to be six and a half. Oh, so it's eight. I mean, Gavin, I know they got the touchdown half. baked in there, but I'd still take the over on that. You get a bounce back game from Joe like, Burrow. So the Bengals cover. Bengals cover. Okay, we'll so you want the, you want the over for K State points, right? Being yep. such a forty-seven and a half. That's a good pick, Beans. Yeah, oh, it's a forty-seven and a half. Yes. What's the spread? Yeah, we can't hit that, Beans. 14 even. Okay, yeah, let's do that. K-State minus 14? Yeah. All right, K-State minus 14. More dangerous. But... Um, you know what? Fuck it. Let's get even more dangerous. 
Um, let's go with Oklahoma minus 10 and a half against Nebraska because uh, that's an obvious like trap game that OU is going to win by seven. But yeah, fuck it. Who cares? And you want the Bengals to cover, correct? Yep. yep. Okay, let me get that. Bounce back game. The appendix is now healed. Week one, it was not. Now it is. So. Oh, I have minus seven and a half. So there you go. There okay. we go. I guess. All right. So who's all betting on this one? Beans, are you betting on this one? Gavin, no. All right. You okay. want to just do 10 a piece this time, sure. Beans? Yep. All right. So 20 bucks. 20 wins $133 dues. So if we win, I will be Venmoing you. What would that be? Like uh, 70 almost? Not mm-hmm. not quite 70. Like 67 and a half. All right. K-State minus 14. Oklahoma minus 10 and a half. And Bengals minus 7 and a half is our lines this week. I'm sure we will absolutely blow it again. It'll but be one. It'll be one. It's always going to be one. It's locked in. It's locked in, Beans. Okay. Uh, we'll tweet it out tomorrow. Okay. So there you go. All right, beans. It's that time of the show. It's time to think. Good little thought bubble out here. Oh, what I've are you doing several. to serenade us? He has several. He's been thinking week. a lot this week, folks. Um. Yeah. If you could enter a food eating competition, which one would you do? Okay, definitely not hot dog. Okay, am I? Yeah. Am I trying to win? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Who am I playing against? Who's my competition? Who? Yeah. It could be scrubs. It could be you know you're just entering one like you can just throw your name in. So I can choose where I enter. It's like a cornhole tournament. Anyone can sign up. Okay. Okay. I got mine. So if I uh, got to choose and I got to just set myself up for success, I'm going to Africa and entering a hamburger eating contest. Bro, you're so canceled. God damn it, Gavin. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Moving on. I'm clipping um, that. I'm trying to think of what I can just put down. Ooh. I don't eat like super fast, so this needs to be yeah, like a amount type competition. Right. Oh wow. Hey Gavin. Really I was gonna there. say wings. I was gonna say wings, but man, no, I can't do wings, there. dude. Wing, wings take too long for me to eat. Oh no. Wait. Well, boneless or bone in? Because I'm gonna do the boneless one. Like I can pop. Oh, that makes like, that makes you a child. Yeah. No, I I pop boneless wings like Skittles. Yeah, I would do because it's just chicken nuggets. But that's a different debate. I don't care. It's cleaner. I. I don't want to fight for Not my food. Good. I don't want to fight for my food, Sam. Bro, my... eating wings is fucking easy. All you eating do is pop the joint, pull the joint, ock, ock. Like that's and it. guess what? All you got to do is get the fork, poke the fork. Uh, you eat, eat your it. wings with a fork, too? I do. Oh, my God, Beans. Call me you crazy. Want... You wearing a skirt there, too? Like, the fuck? No, I put the napkin down. Whatever. <laughs> All right, Sam, what's yours? Trying to be a clean ass fucking eater. Whatever. Um. See, I just don't know. I'm trying to think of like I'm trying to set myself up for success in not a Gavin way. 
Um, don't care. I'm about trying money. to think of like what I can just fucking put down, right? Can, what can you put down candy? Down. I mean, kinda, dude. Like, I mean, I also am trying to think of something that won't just make me fucking sick. Yeah, it won't kill. Oh, me. but if you, you know, win a competition, come on. No, 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 no. But like, the thing is, is like, I love pizza. I don't want to do like a pizza eating competition because I am gonna like that cheese is gonna make me sick as fuck. Winning isn't important here, Beans. <laughs> um, as long as we had fun along the way. <laughs> oh, man. Can you know, you I remember I tried to eat a 20 Sonic corn dogs one time, and uh, I, I only made it through like 12, I think. That was in high school. I, dude, I felt gross. Like, I actually felt, like, super gross. Um, um, dude, I could really mess up some strawberries, too. Like, I'm a, I love strawberries. Yeah, I wouldn't think about fruit. Grapes, dude. Dude, uh, you, honestly, I could probably put down some peas. There you go. Yeah, that, like, that, that, that'd be good. good. I, like, I those are peas. healthy. They're, they're tiny, so they're not taking up a lot of room in your stomach. Yeah, man, that some, might be what it is. It. Like peas or corn or something. Yeah, there you go. That's a good oh, one. Oh, dude. You know what? You know what? I'm getting. Yeah. Corn on the cob eating contest. That's what I want. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah, Ooh, that's what I want. I could slap some corn on the cob eating yeah, contest. Yeah, dude. If it comes, if it if it's like really good sweet corn, oh, yeah, dude. We're in it. We're in it. That's fun to eat. Like, it's not going to fill you up. It's not going to make you feel like shit. If you throw up, it's going to be super gross, though. That's and your shit one, is gonna look super weird. Oh <laughs> yeah, like that's Ooh. almost. Oh, honest to God, that like is part of the appeal. I kind of <laughs> just want to see like what it would look like if I ate like ten pieces of corn on the cob. For oh, you could, you could definitely go over on ten. Like, I I know it. I know at you least over on ten. It, what's oh, the yeah. time limit? Like we don't know what the time limit is. Um, yeah. well, until people collapse, man. Yeah. Okay, the only other one I would consider doing is, like, a pro. – I'm just going to say cherry. But if it was, like, a single pie, like, eating contest for speed, mm-hmm. I would probably do that, too. Yeah. Okay. I've actually always kind of wanted to do a pie eating contest. But, like, yeah. not one where they tie your hands behind your back. That that sucks. I I, I want my hands. Yeah. I like to – Make that sound for me one more time. <laughs> Just like I, I'm trying to fucking devour some pie, man. You can take hey. that either way you want. Yep. <laughs> yep. Beans, what are you eating? I said wings. Oh, yeah, that is right. Yep. Yeah. You know what? As soon as I said that, what are you eating? The only thing that flashed through my brain because of, you know, I'm a perverse monster is that, um, Episode of South Park, where they ask uh, Mr. Garrison what he loves most, and he just like deadpans the camera and was like, Poontang. <laughs> oh, shit. And I feel like I could have answered that, but I didn't because I'm not a terrible person. And this is a family show. Uh, Some fucking hell. Yeah. yeah. We stretched this the is lines. not a family show. Do not show I'm glad I could get us to South Park, though. <laughs> hey, that was South Park's fault. Um, yeah. All right, gentlemen, I do not have a hot take this week, but I do have a story instead. So come one, come all to story time with Sam. 
That's more of what it was. There you go. Okay, so I get home. I drive from Wamigo to Indy at like 11 o'clock, right? I get back to my apartment around eh, 12.30, 1 o'clock-ish. Eh, maybe 1.30. Mm-hmm. And I get into my door. I'm about to feast on some Taco Bell for lunch. And I hear a knock on my door. Okay. Girl comes up. She's holding a kitty cat. Thing. She's like, is this your cat? I'm like, no. no. <laughs> I wish it was. It was cute as the Dickens. But like, I had a collar on, so I knew it was someone's cat. And she was like, oh, okay. And I was like, you should just uh, go up to the front office, see if someone's there, and she can put out an APB for it. So she went and did that, and I was like, okay, well, time to like, you know, watch football. I get down, I turn the game on, and I just hear this meowing outside, and I'm like, what the hell? I open the door, and the cat is still there. I'm like, oh, he's cute as fuck. He's like a little orange tabby cat, and he's just cute. So I, for the next, like, hour to two hours, sat outside with this cat with an NFL game playing on my phone. Just petting him and having a generally good time, right? And so eventually he like went upstairs and I thought, oh, like he's owner's like my upstairs neighbor, probably. Cause he saw claws and he had a collar, so I was like indoor, outdoor, obviously. So I go in, I start watching Sunday night football, like all is good. And I go out to get my wallet from my car at halftime because I forgot it in my car. And the cat is still there. I'm like Oh no, he might be lost. <laughs> and so, long story short, I harbored a kitty cat in my apartment on Sunday night. I brought him into my house. I let him on my couch, and Aww. he was so clingy and he loved to be petted. And I loved him dearly. I gave him a bath and even let him sleep with me. Aww. It was the cutest thing. Aww. And then I had to go to work the next day, and I had to put him back outside, <laughs> which was very sad. But the property manager sent an email about the cat, said he was hanging around our apartments, and I didn't see him yesterday or today, so I think he made it home. We would pretend he made it home. So he was the cutest thing. Let me show you a picture of him. For those of you in living color, I do have a picture of this little cat. He was the cutest little thing. But he still had his front claws, so I was pretty sure he was indoor-outdoor. So I probably just stole someone's cat for the night. But this was him. Oh, that's a cutie. Yeah, he's a cute little cat. Oh. My dogs would eat that. So, I guess my hot take is I love cats, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a good one. But on to you, gentlemen. How are you uh, doing? Gavin, how can you follow that up? I'm going to take us away from the nice, touchy-feely, good, make-you-feel-good story. exactly where this is going. And just victory lap where I've been for three years and where it's taken people to get to. I'm proud of everyone for changing, but for the love of Jesus Christ himself, Like, Russell Wilson isn't just now a bad quarterback. He isn't, like, just now overrated. 
It's been this way for a while, people. Like, welcome to the train. Now it's cool. And we get to make fun of Nathaniel Hackett for being a fucking idiot on late game management. But that game ain't close if Russell Wilson is the level of quarterback that y'all told me he was. But you guys are fucking idiots. I'm right. And Russ sucks. We've already entered second half of the season, Russell Wilson, early. So I I'm, I know that they're in shambles in Denver right now, trying to run intense analytics on how the fuck they've already entered week eight and week one. But uh, no, in all seriousness, um, Russell Wilson has always been an overrated quarterback ever since that team had a really good roster, won a lot of games, won the Super Bowl, almost won another Super Bowl. And since that point, because he's winning and because QB wins are – this meaningful stat that everybody should look at. Well, obviously, since he's winning, he should be a elite top five NFL quarterback. And he just has never been that. Maybe he's been that at his best with the supporting cast, but uh, were we going to say the same thing about Dak when he had an elite supporting cast? Look at Dak now. Doesn't matter who you throw around Patrick Mahomes. He looks like he's doing just fine. Got a great coaching staff. All that stuff helps. Russell Wilson is vastly overrated, people. And we're finally just now coming around to it. Bring Rachel on the show. Oh nah, my God, she, yes. I, <laughs> we you know we what it is. That Tim Patrick injury. If they just we, had we more really weapons, have asked to come on tonight. That would have been that would have been rude as fuck, though. Oh, hey, they lose this, hey, they lose this week. We're bringing her on. Oh, like, I, I'm asking her. Well, I hope um, we can bring her on before the Broncos game, which isn't until December, so we're good. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no, we, we should be able to bring her on by then. Yeah. Um. Um. I again. I think Russell Wilson is better than you give him credit for. Um. I mean. I think it's a weird game. I hate. I would hate to completely diagnose and box in Russ for one performance in a very weird atmosphere. Especially with his first game with a new team, right? I do agree with I, – I mean, I ranked him as – well, I ranked him as the fourth-best quarterback unless Deshaun Watson was playing. Deshaun Watson's better than Russ. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know you think Russ sucks. I know you think he sucks. I don't think he sucks. I think he did have a bad game. I think Denver was very discombobulated. And I think if they run the ball more effectively on the goal line, then they win. And it's just like, all right, well, Russ, like, fucking didn't play very well. But they found a way to win. So, again, I'm with you on that Russ isn't, like, that elite level. He's, like, A tier, in my opinion. I know you don't think that. He's B plus. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I, I don't think our value – here's the thing. I think – I think we're, I think where you and I differ is we're arguing whether he should be four or where whether he should be like eight, right? Yeah, yeah. Essentially, that's, that's, that that's usually where we differ is whether he's in the top half of the top five or the bottom half of the, or in the top half 10. of the top ten or in the bottom half of the top ten, and that's usually just what we're arguing about. And when you're arguing that, you're oh. basically arguing preference. I, I'm not arguing to people like you, Sam, because there's just the people that over the past few years have been those just Russ apologists, let Russ cook. No, I, I, I will use that. Everyone else is the problem. Well, now we're in Denver. And, like, 
at the same time, you want to make fun of the like late game decision making. Apparently, Nathaniel Hackett was either unprepared, which is entirely possible, or he just didn't trust Russell Wilson, who was very bad in that game, to get fourth and five and win the game, which is also very possible. Like, why are we just immediately jumping to, again, it's everyone else's fault besides Russell Wilson? Go ahead, Beans. Two things. Uh, Geno Smith is 100% win percentage against uh, Russell Wilson. Um, <laughs> uh, another thing, um, Nathaniel Hackett, like, is, I get it, first game jitters or whatever, but he thought he had three timeouts after calling a timeout on fourth down. Did you I do remember that? that. He forgot he, that he, he was trying to call one. three timeouts. Like, what the hell? That, <laughs> uh, he looked unprepared for like he did. He in-game coaching management. Yes, he looked like now, he did not. He looked like he wanted to skip this game, like which he I shouldn't. Think, I just think that he's been calling plays and he's focused on calling plays and then like call like clock management and game management like hit him in the side of the like side of the head just immediately and he wasn't ready for it which yeah Yeah. okay that makes sense you should be ready you're getting paid a lot blah 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 Russ should also like I mean if uh Russell Wilson believes in himself and just like takes over that game and calls timeout because obviously I'm gonna get this fourth and five like a little bit of that is on Russell Wilson too just not thinking they can win the game apparently I I guess one thing, too, that is it, – it's got to be one of these two things, right? Not to, like, pile on – I mean, I'm going to pile on either Russ or Hackett on this. But when you call the timeout as Nathaniel Hackett, or as Russ, Russ is the one who called it or whoever called it or whatever, when you call that timeout, you're presented with two, like, options. You can either kick the 64-yard field goal – which I don't inherently think is a bad thing. I understand that McManus is like never made one from 60 plus, but he also definitely had enough leg for it. So you either decide that that's what you're going to do or you go for it on fourth down. And I don't know which is like, which one is true, but either Nathaniel Hackett said, we're going to kick the 64 yard field goal. And Russ said, okay, sure which is bad, or Nathaniel Hackett said, we're going to kick the 64-yard field goal, and then Russ said, fuck no, I want to go for it, and Nathaniel Hackett told him, fuck you, no, we're kicking the field goal. So either Russ deferred, which isn't great, or Nathaniel Hackett is either untrusting of Russ or an egomaniac, maybe? I don't know. I don't like Let's go with that one. But one of those two things has to be true, right? Like there's Russ, a lot of discombobulated going on there. Yeah. And again, look, there are people who are like, oh, fire Nathaniel Hack. It's like one game in. It's the first yeah. game. Like, it th- there was a coach back for the Saints back in like the seventies or something, and lost his first game like sixty two to seven, and he coached that team for like two and a half years. Like the thing of it is, is time management will get better as you keep coaching and the chemistry will get better as you play together. It's just very, that game being the first game on the schedule was super unfortunate. It probably would have been better to play. It honestly probably would have just been better to play like the fucking Raiders or some middle of the road team and get beat. And everybody's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, 
Yep. Yeah, Gavin, your hand is raised. Oh, I uh, I don't even remember what my hand was gonna say. Will you move on to uh, you beans? What's your hot take for the week? Nope. No. Nope. I don't got one. I I don't. Oh, okay. Doesn't I don't have, have one. one. Okay, no. then let me let me off cuff this hot take real quick. I'll I'll do it. I love to hear myself talk. Um, I received I received uh, some mean messages because Traylon Burks caught three crossers against zone coverage for 55 yards. Um, hey, Gavin, we have breaking news. Beans' phone is about dead. So it's oh, time to give wrap. Beans the floor to like end this, and he's just like, no, we keep going no. until death. <laughs> no, we charge. We charge. <laughs> My hot take is that Beans needs to fucking charge his phone while we fucking film, but. The thing was at 95%. There's not much more I can do about it. All right, that. my hot take is to get a fucking new phone. It's an or iPhone film on your laptop. That's what I do. I can't do that. You can't do it, ladies and gentlemen. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, God, I said it twice. What an awful thing. Gavin, quickie. Oh, no, I was waving goodbye to the people. Oh, uh, you need to <laughs> unraise your hand then. I thought you had a quickie. <laughs> Gavin's a man of the people in the quickies. It's week two, people, all right? (laughs) All right, and with that, the show has completely gone off the rails. This episode is probably long enough because we actually started on time this time. Uh, I want to thank my two co-hosts, Beans and Turd, for joining us today. It is always a pleasure, as always, to be with you. Very glad that we were able to cover Hawks, Cats, and Chiefs tonight, along with all the other football in the world that happened today. And we want to thank you dear listener, for giving us at least an hour and a half of your day today for listening. We really appreciate everything that you guys do for us, and we love doing it for you. If you guys would be so kind to like, share, and subscribe the video on YouTube and on Spotify and on uh, Apple Pod, that would be fan-fucking-tastic. We would love you dearly for it. And if you want to help join our social media cause, you can find all these episodes and any updates on Twitter, at underscore, underscore, F3S. That's underscore, up, underscore, F3S. All capitals. Love it, Gav. And with that, we say thank you again. Leave us a comment if you want us to talk about what you want to hear. And we'll talk to you next weekend. Or I guess next week, next Wednesday, you'll hear it on Thursday. Thanks again, everyone. God bless. Have a great rest of your day. Fuck Bosco, boys.